0: Amen. Glad we're going to see So Lord, would you open your precious Bible tonight. We're going to go to the book of James, if you would. The book of James, we're going to look in chapter 1. As you're turning there, I want to remind you, please uh, do not forget, we have flyers made for the Family Fall Festival. That's going to be a great uh, day, 2 to 5. And uh, if you've ever worked that, you know how fun that is. So, uh... I'm sure we'll have a sign up sheet, a sign up sheet soon. Because uh, yes, I agree, Brother Don. We are a sign up sheet kind of church, <laughs> for sure. And uh, but I mean, I guess that's probably one of the best ways to get things done. Amen. I guess every once in a while our old uh, our old bodies, our old flesh, I think maybe sometimes we wish we just didn't do anything. Y'all ever feel like that? Y'all ever get tired? Yeah, just don't want to do anything. That's probably dangerous though. If we get there. Um, Let me say, uh, so this, we got flyers available, so please, you uh, pick them up, hand them out. That would be a great day of fun. Also, sign up tonight, please, uh, for cutoff now tonight for the Family Fun Day, which will be Saturday, the 30th at the Case Farm. Uh, I gave you that address earlier today. You can look for that. Um, It's on the sign-up sheet, so if you need to write that down, please do. And uh, we'd love to have you. All right. And we're going to have great fun. We're going to have barbecue and sides and drinks. And the church is taking care of all of that. And uh, Marcia and family are taking care of the barbecue. So keep that in mind. It's going to be a good time. hay uh, Hayride, uh, annual kickball. Now, somebody, I told y'all, somebody needs to text me this week and remind me to get the kickball. Amen. And we'll go up there and plumb forget the thing. <laughs> So make sure somebody texts me and we'll make sure. Or if somebody wants to grab it, y'all grab it. I'm sure we got one over here. All right, James chapter one. And we're going to look at a little passage here that I hope will be helpful to us all. James is one of my favorite books. And uh, this is, uh, I think, a passage scripture that kind of popped out on me the other day. I looked at it and it's really an oxymoron, really. Uh, it doesn't sound like it would go together. It sounds like how in the world Can verse 2 be a command or a thought that we should count uh, all joy when we fall into divers temptations? So look at verse 1. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad, greeting. Now keep in mind, these folks are being persecuted for their faith. uh, Just as the scripture says, they've been spread abroad. They've been harassed, they've been chased, they've been persecuted. And so they've been scattered. Uh, so think of that. Um, we really don't know a whole lot what that's about. I'm thankful that we haven't. Uh, who's to say we're liable to know that one day here in the future? But I pray not. But look at verse 2. It says, my brethren counted all joy. Now that's the phrase that I just, to be honest with you, I struggle with. I'm <laughs> not saying it ain't true, and I'm not saying we shouldn't do it. I'm just saying my flesh, my feelings, my body just says, how, Lord? Look what it says. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations. Knowing this, now we're starting to get a little bit of light, that the trying of your faith worketh patience, but let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. Heavenly Father, I pray you'll help us tonight. I pray you'll speak to our hearts. Use your word, Lord. We have it. And so I pray you'll help us now. Speak to us. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to go over a few of these words to maybe help unlock this a little bit. But before I do, let me say... I would think if all of us would have a choice, no doubt we would all choose to live a problem-free life. Would y'all rather live a problem-free life? I believe so. Um, But God says that we should count trials a joy. That's what he says. Verse 2, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. That word temptations simply means a testing or a trial. It means trouble. It's a trial that's trouble. It's a storm. It's a valley of life. By the way, sometimes that's self-inflicted. Sometimes it isn't. Amen. But the Bible says that we are to count it all joy. Now, that's baffling to me. But I do understand. God says that we should count trials a joy. And here's where we've got to just fall. We have to fall God knows best. Yeah. That's right. God knows best. Um, there's purpose in trials, there's purpose in trouble, there's purpose in storms. Uh, I thought about it, think about it. Many of the greatest men that we've ever known or read about, some of the greatest men, the greatest generation, we would have never known about them or heard their name if World War II was not did not happen. Some of the greatest leaders, some of the great presidents we've had is because of a great trouble and a trial, and it revealed the kind of man. So without trouble, without trials, without problems, God has a purpose in it. Trouble, valleys, how about storms? So God uses these trials. So we must try to view them properly. If not, we will miss what God has for us. And I believe we've done it so many times before. We've just missed what God wants for us. See, you see in storms, if we're not careful, if we're not looking at it properly, all we'll do, all we'll get is discouraged in storms. All we'll do is get bitter in storms. And by the way, that's easy too. But that's not God's purpose of allowing us to go through storms. And we're going to look at some storms. But we understand, when we understand, I believe, the deeper purpose of trouble or storms or darkness, we we often refer to our trials as trouble storms, valleys, dark days, whatever you'd like to call them, but they're God's way for maturity, spiritual maturity. Now, look at the few words here. In verse 2, the Bible says count. Now, that means to hold a view or to consider. So if we're going to look at that word, we're to consider and to have a, have a view that, yes, there is joy when we fall into divers temptations, which I've already told you the word temptations means trouble, trial, or testing. And then the Bible tells us in verse 4, but let patience have her perfect work. Now, we use that word perfect differently here than what we do now. When someone says, oh, that's perfect, that means it's without flaw. That's not what this word means. This word means maturity. This word means completion. So look at the verse, my brethren counted all joy, so consider it all joy when you fall into divers tests or trials or trouble or storms. Why? Because you're going to know that knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. And patience have her perfect work, so patience starts to work in the maturing of a Christian. Now we all know that it would not be normal for a baby to remain a baby. There would be abnormal to that. That would be abnormal. There would be something wrong. And it's the same with the Christian. So God has to stimulate us to grow and to mature. And the Bible tells us that we understand. He says, count it all joy when you shall fall into divers troubles or tests or trials. Why? Wow. It's maturing. So when we look at this, when we understand the deeper purpose for them, we often refer to trials or troubles in our lives as storms or valleys. So how does God use them? Just three quick, simple things tonight. Number one, trials will give us an opportunity to grow. To grow spiritually. See, what is trials? God wants to strengthen us where we are weak. And by the way, we're going to find out where we're weak when we're tempted. We're going to find out where we're weak uh, when we have to go through a trial, the valley, the storms, often it's the method that God uses to make us grow, to be like Him, to be more confer- conformed to the image of His Son. We don't like it. No. Nobody likes being on the wheel, the potter, marring the vessel. But let me give you a few things about trials, how they will help us grow. Number one, I believe trials reveal our To ourselves, reveal really what we are. For instance, let me give you a storm. Y'all know Jonah. We've studied him on Wednesday night. But God brought that storm into Jonah's life because Jonah was running. Jonah had to get caught. Now, if you're not careful, you'll look at God in that. I tell you what, God's a mean old God. He sent that old storm because he just didn't like Jonah. No, listen to me. He loved Jonah. That's why he sent the storm. He loved Jonah, that's why he sent the storm. He would have never been woke up. He would have never gotten caught if God wouldn't have sent the storm. Now, not all storms are brought on by our sin. But that storm was brought on by sin. And you know what it did? It revealed to Jonah, he's gone too far here. Jonah finally realized in the belly of that fish. So God woke him up. And many times storms will wake us up. I hate to say that, but it's true. Why does it take a storm? Have y'all ever made this statement? What more is it going to take? Y'all ever heard that? What more is it going to take to get somebody's attention? How many of you ever said that before? What more? We've even said that about people that we love. What else do they have to lose? I mean, what else do they have to lose? I mean, I'm thinking about someone right now. I mean, what else does he have to lose to stop living the way he's living? How much? By the way, God knows better than me. What does God do? Well, I'm going to tell you what God's going to do. Based on this verse, he's going to bring a storm. Yes, He He's going to bring something because he says, Brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers temptation. So we understand Jonah, we understand that Jonah had to be woke up. He had to wake him up, so God sent the storm. And here's what's beautiful about it. Instead of giving up on Jonah, which he could have done, he sent a storm. You know what? It's easy for us to give up on people. It really is, and it don't take much for us to give up on people. But boy, I'll tell you right now, if anybody could have given up on somebody, it could have been the Lord giving up on Jonah. Some people say, well, he did give up on Jonah. No, he didn't. If he'd have gave up on Jonah, he wouldn't have sent the storm. He'd have let Jonah go on his way. See, he loved Jonah. So he bring us to a place. What did he have to do? He had to bring Jonah to a place of surrender. See, that's uh, really the Christian life. It's a life of yielding and it's a struggle. But the Lord brings these storms to bring us to a place of surrender. He got caught. Why did he get caught? So he could repent, make things right, get on the right way. He could get on the right track. Bring us back. To bring growth in Jonah's life. To bring growth in our life. To get us back where we need to get. How many of y'all ever had a storm in your life and it shook you up and it got you back? Trials give us an opportunity to grow. Get us back. It wakes us up. But then I want you to notice this. I believe storms also help us grow because it reveals what we need. Storms normally bring us to a place, number one, where it humbles us. By the way, that's where God wants us. Trials normally brings us to a place of helplessness. We, we get in a storm, we're in trouble, we're in the dark days, we don't see the end of it. We don't see the light at the end of the tunnel. And we, we start to struggle, but what happens is, is we realize we cannot fix it, so all we can do is day by day, moment by moment, trust the Lord. We call upon Him for help. We call for His strength. Now, I'm sorry to tell you, growth in the spiritual life will not come from a life of ease. I wish it did. I wish I could tell you tonight that I've learned all of my lessons on the mountaintop. No, I've learned them all in the valley. Yeah. I could have learned them on the valley, but normally what happens when we're, in the, when we're on the mountaintop, we normally forget the good stuff, Amen. But trials normally bring us to a place of helplessness, and God knows where we are and when we are at the end of ourselves. See, we're so full of ourselves. And God likes to put us in a place where we finally come to a place where we realize He already knows it, but when we realize we're not much, that's a good day. So joys are, or the trials, the trouble should drive us to Jesus. They help us to grow. You know, a young man uh, worked hard to establish uh, himself as a peach grower, and after months of hard labor, uh, he was pleased to see see his peach orchard blossom, and uh, one day, however, a frost came, and uh, you know what happened, it destroyed his peaches, and he was all upset about it, killed his peaches, and the the man got mad and said, well, I'm not going to go to church anymore. He said, I'm just tired of it. He said, God's not been very good to me, so I'm just not going to go to church. So he started missing church. Well, the old elderly preacher, he came to visit him, find out why. And uh, the young man said, well, I'm not going to church anymore. He said, well, why not? He said, well, if a God don't care about my peaches and send blight and send a, a late frost that kills my peaches, he said, then I don't have time for him. I'm not going to go worship him. The old preacher just looked at him with gentle eyes, and here's what he said tenderly. He said, well, son, God loves you more than he loves those peaches. And he knows that while peaches do better without frosts, it's impossible to grow great men without frosts. Hmm. He looked at that young man and said, his object is not to grow peaches, son. His object's to grow men. So when you encounter some frosts in your life, yes, they could be self-inflicted, but we ought to grow from them. Maybe you're in a storm, you might be in a testing, you might be in a trial right now, and it's not self-inflicted. Then you ought to understand the deeper meaning of it. God's trying to get you to grow spiritually. There's either one way. There's only one of two ways. You can either grow or you can go. (laughs) You can either grow stronger or you can get better. There's only two ways to look at it. You can get closer to Jesus or you can get farther away from Jesus. You can be a stronger Christian or you can be a weaker Christian. But trials will reveal one or the other. That God's desire is for us to grow. So trials, he says, count it joy. That helps me a little bit to understand how we can count it joy. Because if we count it joy, if we know we've grown, then we say trials give us an opportunity to show not only to grow, but to show. Do you remember the storm that the Lord sent the disciples into in Mark chapter 4 when he told them, we're going to go to the other side, and he got on the ship and he fell right to sleep? Do you all remember that? In Mark chapter 4, the gospel, according chapter, Mark, the gospel according to Mark chapter 4, the Lord, they'd been serving, they'd been working, and he said, let's get on the ship, we're going to go across the Sea of Galilee, we're going to go on the other side. And he got in there and he wasn't in there in no time and he went to sleep. And the Bible said that this great storm, a great tempest came up. Now, here's what's amazing to me. We give the, the disciples a hard time, but I have heard this. I have said it. I've heard many others say it. And I know where it gets its root from. The disciples, the men that walk with Jesus said it. Do you know the first thing they said when they went down there and woke him up? Care us not that we perish that was the first thing they asked him. You know what they said? Do you really care? Now that was the disciples. Do you really care? It's kind of like shaking your hand at the face of God. And say, God, do you really care? And he's given us everything. He's done everything for us. But yet when we're in our trials, when we're in our storms, when we're in our darkness, boy, we start to question the goodness of God. And I want to tell you all something. You say, oh, I would never do it. You better be careful because I know some real strong Christians that's done it. They start questioning the goodness of God. They start questioning the path of God. I'm telling you right now, sin is a very powerful thing. Charles gives us an opportunity to show though. Do you remember when he did that? Now, why did he do that? Why did he send them in there? Why? Why? Does he care? That's a good question. Yes. I'm going to tell you another reason why I believe that we need to have joy in trials. Because I believe trials is a perfect platform where God shows that he does care. He does care. You're going to find out in your storm. You're going to find out he does care. Um, I thought of this. I couldn't help it. I was looking up. I was trying to find the hymn history of it sitting up there on my chair. I have a book, but I wasn't going to get up, obviously, and go into my office and find it. But two songs came to mind. This was written because of a dear bedridden woman that was alone. Why should I feel discouraged? Why should the shadows come? Why should my heart be lonely And long for heaven and home. When Jesus is my portion. My constant friend is he. His eye is on the sparrow. And I know he watches me. Let not your heart be troubled. His tender word I hear. And resting on his goodness. I lose my doubts and fears. Though by the path he leadeth. But one step I may see. His eye is on the sparrow. And I know he watches me. Whenever I am tempted, whenever clouds arise, when songs give place to sighing, when hope within me dies, I draw the closer to him from care he sets me free. His eye is on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. Then the question, does Jesus care? Does Jesus care when my heart is pained too deeply for mirth and song? As the burdens press and the cares distress, and the way grows weary and long? Does Jesus care when my way is dark with a nameless dread and fear? As the daylight fades into deep night shades, does He care enough to be near? Does Jesus care when I've tried and failed to resist some temptation strong? When for my deep grief I find no relief, though my tears flow all the night long. And then he wrote this psalm because he had family members that died. It says, does Jesus care when I've said goodbye to the dearest on earth to me? And my sad heart aches till it nearly breaks. Is it all to him? Does he see? Oh, yes, he cares. I know he cares. His heart is touched with my grief. When the days are weary and the long nights dreary, I know my Savior cares. That's a pretty good song, isn't it? I believe somebody knew how to get a hold of God in a trial or a temptation or a a great sorrow. I thank God for those hymns. So here, many times God will show that he cares in a storm like he will never show any other place. Trials not only show that he cares, but trials shows that he can. Can God. Y'all remember that? Y'all ever heard uh, Harold Slyler preach that message? Can God. He took that out of, uh, uh, Can God furnish a table in the wilderness? And he turned everything around. God can. God can. Y'all ever heard it? How many of y'all heard it? Well, y'all got homework. I want you to get on YouTube. I want you to find it. Now, you got to find that right one where he preached in his church and he forgot that he was on the radio. He got all excited, and man, he got to preach it, and uh, man, he said, oh my goodness, I forgot I'm on the radio. He said, people are going to think I'm crazy. We're having a time in here tonight. He said, but God can, God can. And I'll tell you what, that encourages you. You know what, a lot of times we don't think he can, but he can. When he awoke, what did he do? He calmed the storm with the disciples, and immediately their fears were gone. They clearly had forgotten who was with them. Do you care, Jesus? Oh, yes, he cares. Can I ask you all a question? In a storm, you all sometimes forget who's with you. See, a storm is an opportunity for God to show what only he can do. Only what he can do. And he'll do it again. Y'all like that old song? It may not, I might not know how, and I may not know when, but he'll do it again. He can. Amen? Then I'm going to close tonight. Y'all will get out here early tonight, and all God's people say it. Y'all know them are long landing strips. I believe this is another reason why we should count all joy when we fall into diverse temptations. Yes, trials help us to grow. Trials gives us an opportunity to show that he cares and he can. But I'm also thankful. I believe trials gives us an opportunity for other people to know. See, when we encounter storms or trials and God delivers us, it is a great platform for others around us how real God is. Sometimes, you know, they're always looking for a sign in the Bible. Well, what are they going to do when the young man gets up out of the bed? What are they going to do when uh, medical science is completely annihilated by the power of God? It brings some reality down to the thing, doesn't it? See, this was the case in the storm in Paul's life. I can't help but think. I've tried to put a storm with all this. Acts chapter 9, the apostle Paul, you know, he, uh, he told everybody he was selling with them. Before they even sailed, he said, look, we don't need to lose... From Crete, he said, we're going to get in a bad storm. Well, the the captain didn't listen. So they, he said, well, I know better than this prisoner. So they lose from it, and guess what? They hit the storm. They better thank God Paul was on the boat. Because Paul told him, he said, God's done told me tonight, no one's going to lose their life. But he said, here's what they said, you better stay on the boat. And I want to give just a little bit of an application right there, just... Because I feel like it. Do you know all of us are tempted to get out of the boat? Yeah, we are. I'm not trying to be ugly tonight, but I'm going to tell you right now, there's a whole lot of churches not having services tonight. Yeah, you're right. And there's a whole lot of people that don't think it's necessary to get up out of their house on a Sunday night and come to church. But I'm going to tell you right now, I think it's just another step of getting out of the boat. You're right. You won't ever get out of the boat if you're always in the boat. And now I'm referring to the good old ship of Zion, the church. Yet I'll not ever get out of the, of, the, of the boat. You say, well, Pastor, I don't feel like coming tonight. Well, that's when you really ought to get up and come. But he said, if all y'all stay in the boat, he said, there's not going to be one person lost. He said, God's done talked to me. He done told me there's not one person going to die on this ship if you stay in the boat. Now, here's what amazed me. These were all seasoned sailors. They were all seasoned. No doubt the captain was seasoned. But I'm going to tell you right now, they realized the importance of having a relationship with the Lord at that moment. And do you know what? When you go through a storm and you go through things in life and God delivers you, what it does, it shows other people that it's important that you have a relationship with God. See, the difference facing a storm as a Christian should be a world of difference the way a lost person faces storms. A world of difference. See what will happen, and those around us should take notice. When we trust on the promises of God, and we trust in His peace, we trust in His strength. Look, His peace and strength will speak to other people. Now, how just how important it is to know the Lord. By the way, at at, uh, funeral homes, you ever been to a funeral home and someone that's not saved, and let's just say you go in there and someone and they don't know whether or not they're saved or not, and they died. That's a that's a touchy situation. That's a tough service because there's not a whole lot of peace there because you know if you have a preacher at all he's not going to get them up there and preach them into heaven and they're not going to be ugly about it I don't ever preach somebody in hell but if I don't know if someone trusted the Lord or not I, I leave that up to the Lord and I just preach the gospel to the people that's there I'm not going to preach them into heaven, but I'm certainly not going to discourage the family and say, well, your, your husband or your wife or your family member split hell wide open. I would never do that. But the truth is they're in the hand of a just God. That's right. But the truth is I'm glad when I'm able to be a part and be in a funeral home that the person has a strong testimony that they know the Lord. Because Man, that thing's a celebration. Amen. But I'll tell you right now, Sometimes we go through these trials, these troubles. We need to understand it's a great opportunity that, God, that people that are lost sees that we have something real that works. It's not religion. It's a relationship with the Lord Jesus. And then as I close, I'll tell you something else I believe trials will do it to help us to grow, help us to show, but also help us to others to know to the relationship that's important to have a relationship with the Lord. But here's the last one. They realize that there's an importance of relying on the Lord. Someone said to me years ago, they've said it several times, I can't remember who it was, but somebody said, Oh, you use Jesus like a crutch. Guilty. Can we do anything else? I'm just an old helpless cripple. I have to lean on the Lord. Now, the other day I know y'all have heard this story before But the other day um, I was sitting in my office Just kind of working on this message And I got to thinking about that song Thank you for the valley I walked through today And man, I got to thinking about that And man, old Errol Morgan got on my mind Now, Errol Morgan was our song director At Greystone Baptist Church in Lewisburg I said, man, I ain't talked to Errol in a long time I'm just going to call him up So I called Errol up he answered the phone. I said, Brother Errol, how you doing? He said, Brother, it's good to hear from you. I said, Well, I just had you on my mind. I'm preparing a message here. And I said, Man, I, I got to thinking, man. Dottie Rambo ain't got nothing on you. And he started laughing. He knew exactly where I was going. He said, Thank you for the valley, brother. I said, There ain't nobody that sang it like you, Errol Morgan. And uh, But I want you to listen to the words of the song. Uh, thank you. For the valley I walk through today, the darker the valley, the more I learn to pray. I found you where the lilies blooming by the way, and I thank you for the valley I walk through today. That's verse one. Verse two is life can't be. All sunshine or the flowers would die. The rivers would be desert, all barren and dry. Life can't be all blessings or there'd be no need to pray. So I thank you for the valley I walked through today. Y'all got there yet? You thank God for your valleys. And I'm going to tell you right now, that takes a mature Christian to do that. It really does. Thank you, Lord, for all that pain I went through. Thank you, Lord, for a broken heart. But you know what? All things work together for good. If we will trust him and respond like we should, and I thank God for that. So let's count joy, count trials of joy. Amen. Are you growing? Are you showing? And are you hoping other people will get to know it? Amen? Praise the Lord. Let's stand to our feet tonight and we'll be dismissed. And uh, maybe you're in the thick of things right now in your life. See the Lord in it. You say, well, God ain't had nothing to do with what I've done. I understand that, but he can do something with it. So let's ask him to help us. Let's trust him. Let's count all trials and testings, a joy. Let's consider it joyful. Amen. And so uh, with head bowed and eyes closed tonight, let me just ask this question. How many of you might be right now in the middle of a storm? You, you're dealing with something. Amen. You got your hand up. you get in the middle of a storm. Well, let's ask God. Trust the Lord in it. Let the Lord have his way. Trust the Lord in it. Grow. It could be that he wants to let others know, yourself know, that he cares, that he can. Maybe you've come to a river that's impossible, you think's impossible. Well, we have a God of the impossibilities, amen? amen. All things are possible with God. And then there might be lost people around you, and depending on how we respond to these trials and things, and show them they'll get to know the Lord. That'd be great, wouldn't it? So uh, we're going to ask them to play just a little something there. And if you feel the need, you come, find a place to pray. If you want to pray at your pew, you pray at your pew. Ask the Lord. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience, that you may be perfect, mature. Lord, help us. Heavenly Father, we come to you tonight, we thank you for your many blessings, we thank you Goodness. Lord, we thank you for your word. I pray you'll help us now. Thank you. Thank you for your methods. We don't always understand them. But Lord, we trust you. We know you know best. So I pray you'll help us to count trials and troubles a joy. Because of what you are going to do in them. It gives you a greater platform. Help us to trust you. We ask you'll give us safety tonight. We ask it in Jesus' name.